What's up, guys and gals? This is Rick Martinez, host of the No Soliciting Experience, asker of questions, maker of memes, knocker of doors. Gosh, that was cheesy, but you know it's not cheesy? The podcast. My goal is to talk to top performers in the door-to-door industry and even those who have left the industry. People who have done super dope things and continuously doing dope things. Again, in the industry or out of the industry. So, guys, I'm super excited to bring on this next guest. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, yo. You ready? Let's do it. guys welcome back to the no soliciting experience i am pumped to have on guests today mo thank you for being on brother awesome thanks for having you yeah appreciate everything you're doing guys if you guys don't know this is mo falla mo do you mind taking a little bit of time and introducing yourself to the people yeah absolutely so my name is mo falla i am based out of southern california near in the orange county region uh, I'm the founder of Simple Solar and the CEO, and uh, we've uh, got Rick here with us, sharing this podcast, creating some uh, creating some stuff together to bring some value to you guys. So super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you and appreciate everything you're doing. So Simple Solar, um, guys, pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> solar, Southern California. Um, how long have you been in the industry for? So I've been in the solar industry for a little bit over two years. I started in Miami, Florida, actually. Um, I started in direct sales a long time ago, probably about seven years ago. And I've been in a bunch of different industries from real estate to windows, roofing, HVAC, water systems, uh, you know, a bunch of different industries. And um, when I found out about the play with solar and how it worked, um, I immediately just started giving it objections. Yeah. The, the same exact objections that every homeowner that we deal with mm-hmm. has to say about it. Oh, it's too good to be true. I don't believe it. What's the catch? Uh, you know, solar doesn't make sense. It's not a financially savvy play. Uh, you know, it can't, it can't work like this. You know, everything that, everything that our clients say to us and everything that our homeowners say to us and all those objections, before I got into the industry, I relayed all that information out. Uh, and I actually didn't want to get into it. Uh, I, I thought it was too good to be true. I thought it was a scam. Uh, so I never wanted to get into it. It took about uh, four months of one of my buddies back in Miami to keep pushing me to get involved in the industry. And uh, yeah, finally, I finally just saw how the financing worked. I, I started to really analyze it. And uh, once I found out that this deal is as good as it is, I just couldn't find myself selling anything else. There you go. So you, so, you, so you take this approach of a customer, right? Before you even considered selling it, you have to, you, you took the approach of would I buy this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So how, how has that been beneficial for you to understand, to, I mean, to look at it from mm-hmm. a buying perspective and now flipping it into a selling perspective? Mm-hmm. So how it's benefited me, uh, it gives me a lot of relatability. So, so it allows me to have the same type of, uh, 
attitude and energy that the homeowners feel and be able to carry the empathy to understand exactly where they're coming from, right? Like, like I personally believe that you cannot sell a product unless you yourself would purchase that product. There's, there's not enough conviction and there's not enough energy that you can relay to somebody unless you have full belief and conviction on your product. Now, the only reason I don't own a solar system is because I live in a condo. However, if obviously I lived in a home, 100% I'd have solar on my home. I'd be, I'd be maxed out, you know, 150% offset, 180% offset, you know, as, as big as I could, because I just think it's an absolutely fine, phenomenal financial play. And it's a no brainer of an investment. When I, when I actually put the product on paper and I saw exactly how I, how it worked, I thought to myself, every single person who looks at this product, there should be absolutely no reason why they shouldn't buy it. I, I digested, you know, all the ins and outs of it. I found out all the reasons why, like, what could be negative to the person, what could be positive to the person. And, and to this day, you know, I mean, I've been in this industry for a little bit over two years now, and I truly don't believe that there's not a single reason why somebody should not invest into this, into this, uh, into the system, into a program like this. You know, we, we, for those of you who don't know how solar works, essentially we're, we're taking their liabilities of spending money to the utility company, which is ever increasing and it's rent and you actually never get to put that money into an investment. We allocate those funds and give them a lower payment to own a product that they're already paying for. So they're getting to, they're getting to relay and relocate all of the money that they're already spending and getting an investment out of it. So it's not like we're here asking them to spend more money for something. We're already taking what they're spending and we're putting them into a financial strategy that's going to help them build wealth into their family, into their home, and they can pass that wealth down to their children, all at a cost that's less than what they currently pay. There we go. Guys, what, what this is, what I'm catching is the belief. Again, you you cannot sell something that you do not believe in, right? I don't care who you are. I don't care how many years experience you have in the industry, right? This amount of conviction makes you evangelical about your cause, which means if you come up to a customer and they voice concerns, you yourself as a salesperson already have these concerns because you have the service. So whether you're in pest control, whether you're in alarm, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you're in solar, right? How much more powerful is it to say, look, they service my house, mm -hmm. right? This exact same service I'm getting done at my house. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you live in an apartment or a condo where you can't get pest control done, right? Your parents, right? Somebody has to be buying what you're selling or else you can't relay those feelings, right? One, one of the most powerful things that I have seen is alarms, right? Um, I've gone out with like my, um, my, Mikey Boney, um, uh, Danny Pessy, all these alarm guys, right? And what do they do? They showcase like, look, this is at my house, right? And they, they, you know, pull up the app on their phone. They're showing the security cameras. They're like, you know, talking with their wife and kids at home. And what does that do? It impresses your customers who are at the point of buying. And they're like, oh, this, that's actually super dope. Now they connect with you because you're evangelical about what you're selling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? absolutely. And what, what it does is it increases certainty for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like if if you're, you know, whatever it is, if you're in insurance, if you're in healthcare, if you're in fitness, if you're in whatever it may be, any type of industry, you know, if you're not an investor in your own product, why would somebody else purchase it from you? Like if, if you go, if you go to a situation, like you'll say you're selling alarms, right? And they ask you, Oh, like, let me see, let me see the alarm set that you have at your house. Oh, I, I don't have one. Well, okay. If you don't have one, why would I purchase it from you? Clearly you don't see enough value in your own product for you to be able to purchase it yourself. Why the hell would I buy it from you? 
They, 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 they wouldn't. It's what you do when you invest in your own product, you're increasing your own certainty, you're increasing your own conviction. And when you can increase your certainty and your certainty is greater than the other person's certainty of not having that product, that's when a sale is made. When your intention to, when your intention for them to have what you offer is greater than the, their intention to not purchase it, that is when, and that's when exchange, that's when exchange is made. That's when there's enough value that there's a critical exchange point for you to be able, for them to be able to purchase the product from you. Ooh, guys, this right here, super important right now, Mo, I feel it. Mm -hmm. I feel your conviction. Mm -hmm. You guys, I've, I've been hanging out with Mo for the last couple of days now, super solid leader. Uh, with your company, you've built a culture, man. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've been around as a guy. It's like it is a sweet culture, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's something that everybody strives to do. What, what's helped you, you know, building the culture that you have with your guys and and your team? For sure. So, so I'm a firm believer that what is going to drive culture is people having success in the field of work that they're doing. So if you can enable people that come into your company to achieve their personal, their financial and their professional goals, they will be happier to be more involved in that company. And they're going to be more involved in that company and the other people in that company, because what you're doing is you're building something that's so systematic that they're not going to want to leave. Right. And, and there, there's an idea of engagement in a company and in culture. If you aren't engaged in a company and there's no engagement, what you really are is being negatively engaged. So no engagement is the same thing as negative engagement. So we consistently, we consistently reinforce it with our team and let them, let them understand that over communication is a good thing over, over you, you want to be, you want to over communicate with the people on your team. You want to over communicate with the people that, that, that are, that your clients, you want to over communicate with your clients. And how we practice that is by communicating at tremendous levels and at massive levels of action with each other, we're able to relay that same type of energy to the clients that we serve. Because, because as you do everything in your life, or excuse me, as, as you do anything in your life, you're going to relay that to everything you do in your life. So if you can, if you can design your life to be pushing at high levels in one certain area, you're going to be able to relay that to every area of your life. So how we build culture, um, you know, obviously money is tremendously important. Uh, a lot of people, they come out here originally for the money. And when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to building teams, um, a big driving factor for a lot of people initially is money. And that's what a lot of times gets people to take that initiative, take that next step, because they believe that money is the fulfilling factor that's going to help them get to the next level of their life. But the reason why people stay in your company is because of the culture you build. People come for money, but they stay for culture. They stay for the experience. They stay for the fun. They stay for the ride. They stay for the journey. They stay for the events that you hold. They, they stay for the trips, the company events. They stay for the, you know, the Friday nights going out to dinner, you know, uh, before yeah yeah so um yeah people come for the money they stay for the culture so if you can build a good culture where people are successful people are happy they're going to be engaged with each other they're going to relate to every part of their life and if you can be the catalyst for everybody that comes into your organization and be the platform for people to elevate themselves in their life, then you've built a successful company. And if you can make it so systematic that everybody who comes into the organization is able to see that 
And, and like Rick's, you know, he's come in and he's, he's, he's seen our team. He's seen the way that we operate and he sees that there's, you know, would you say that you see some systems that are in place where people are like in rhythm with each other? Yeah. Yeah. So like, like you see that and you see the reason why people, the reason why we're like that is because we've just fine tuned it to a degree that somebody can come in, they see that it's like, and they're considered outcast if they're not part of that system. You know, it's like a hurricane. You have a hurricane, you have a system that's moving so properly and, and so, so fluidly that anybody who comes in, they become part of that system. And that system is developed on principles that are designed to push you and elevate you to the next level of your life, whether it's comfortable or it's uncomfortable the idea is that the system works and more times than not it's uncomfortable but people are willing to be uncomfortable as long as it helps them get to where they want to go and if you can help somebody do that then then you've not only brought on a successful salesperson but in most cases you've brought on somebody who's going to be a lifelong friend there you go i I think that that at the end speaks volume a lifetime friend especially in this industry it's very cutthroat and there's almost like a like a loss of friendship right Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's what it comes down to. Um, one of the things that, that I saw recently, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if you follow um, Andy Frazella. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, and so Andy Frazella posted something a couple months ago, right? And it says that if you hate on somebody's success, you're basically telling the universe that you don't want that. Mm-hmm. So this feeling of lasting friendships is whether they work with you mm-hmm or they work with somebody else, you want them to be as successful as possible, mm-hmm. right? And do that, it, it speaks volume to where, I mean, again, it goes back to if, if, if you want them to be successful, that's either with you or wherever life, life takes them, but you're speaking that into existence. You're putting mm-hmm. that out into the universe. Mm-hmm. And that same energy of you want them to be successful, you're basically saying, I want to be successful as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So that, that's super dope, man. I mean, it, it sounds like you've worked on a lot on, not self-help or mm-hmm. like it's more of like self-improvement mm-hmm. right you're working to grow who you are mm-hmm. who do you look up to in that space in terms of personal development you know i've had i've had you know many many mentors my whole entire life um you know i've 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 always looked at people being able to be helped you know i i am not anywhere near the place where i want to be in my life but what I've figured out is that I don't have to figure it out on my own. I, I've realized that there are other people who are out there who are better than me, who have done the things that I want to do. Uh, and so I follow people who I would like to be able to switch roles with, you know, somebody who, uh, who can help elevate me to that, to that next level. And, you know, the, the importance of having mentors is they're able to help eliminate the time that you need to figure it out on your own. You know, in all reality, if you put the intention behind hitting a certain target and hitting a certain level, you can do that on your own. But getting mentors and getting people who are in that same space as you or in a place where you want to be, even if you have to pay for services, like I I paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in personal development and mentorship and guidance and seminars and webinars and books and, and all these different things. And what that's been able to do for me is help contract time because I could have figured it out on my own and I could be at the same position where I'm at today, but because I've invested all of that time, all of that money into it, instead of me being 30, 35 years old to be where I'm at today, I'm 25 years old. And at 25 years old, I've been able to just basically contract all of that time. 
You know, my, my value now in one year is significantly higher because I've spent all of that money in developing myself. And when you put money into yourself, you as a spiritual being, you as a being yourself, if you believe that you can do something, you always will. And you always can. People who I've looked up to in that space, um, you know, Grant Cardone was Grant Cardone was a big, big uh, inspiration. You know, he he really wrapped my head around the concept that everything in life that you do is a sale, and everything is for sale. And the 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 level of success that you have in terms of developing yourself personally in all areas of your life you're going to be able to relay that to the people that you serve. So Grant Cardone was huge for me. Um, Ed Milet was huge for me. He's, he's super, super big on, on belief and self-belief. Um, you know, Gary V, uh, just a lot of different people really. Um, I think, I think probably the biggest person would, would be Grant Cardone though. You know, I'm very, I'm very, you know, straight edge about the things that I do. Um, I, I, I haven't, I, I quit, I quit smoking weed, you know, a few years ago, just cold Turkey. I, I smoked for eight years straight. And all of a sudden when I came to California, I said, all right, it's time for me to start my business. This slows me down. Just like that. After eight years of almost every single day, just like that, I said, all right, I'm done. This slows me down. This doesn't serve me anymore. And, uh, I just completely stopped that. I, I didn't drink for an entire year after that either, because I knew that I was developing my business. And when you build a business and you, and you're starting up your foundation, your foundation needs to be solid. And if your foundation is not solid, then it's going to start to collapse at later points in your life. So, um, yeah, very straight edge about the things that I do. And I just think that, you know, the better you take care of yourself and the better that you work on yourself, the better the results that you're going to have. So it's consistent self-development, it's consistent personal improvement, and it's consistently looking at every situation that you're in and asking yourself, is the, the thing that I'm going to do now, is this going to help better me or is this going to worsen me? Is, is this decision constructive or is it destructive? And really making it binary, like making it it's either this one or this one. And I always do the thing that is going to serve me better. I always look at the decision. Is this going to help me or is this going to worsen me? And if it, if it worsens me, then I don't do it. Like I'm very, very strict and I'm very strict on myself and I'm very disciplined on the things that I do so that I can continuously elevate and move to different parts of my life and, and move to different higher levels in my life. There you go. I feel like this is more of an analytical perspective. And it, it, it's so funny that, that, that you're talking about this, right? Uh, for example, right, for those people who have kids, like I literally just had a discussion with my nephew this last weekend, mm -hmm. right? Always getting in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Always getting in trouble because he's saying play, playing Xbox, whatever it may be. So I, I, I broke it down to him. I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? Right? I walked into his room. I'm like, dude, it's 11 o'clock at night. You're still playing Xbox. Your mom told you to turn it off, right? And I told him, like, okay, if you keep doing this, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. I literally made the kid tell me what would happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, is it worth mm -hmm. getting in trouble? having your wife like cut off, mm -hmm. is it worth it? Mm -hmm. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, so why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that same concept is what you're doing mm -hmm. is what I'm doing. Gonna, gonna catapult me or further me in life. Mm -hmm. Take the emotions out of it. Mm -hmm. Warren Buffett, all the successful people in the world, they, they take the emotion out of everything. It's simple math equation. A plus B equals C. Mm -hmm. What you're doing now Will that get to, will that help you get to where you want to be? If it doesn't, I mean, it sucks. It sucks ass, right? It really does. Like you cut out smoking weed, you cut out drinking. Two things that I, that I personally like doing, mm -hmm. right? On a personal basis. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love doing it. Yeah. I love doing it. I mean, like I, I, and you know, I think about it all the time mm -hmm. and it's just like, 
but it doesn't serve me. Exactly. There you go. It just right? it doesn't serve me anymore. Exactly. So guys, think about it. There, there are things in our life that we just need to cut out. Mm -hmm. When when you cannot gain new things without sacrificing old things, Ooh. you can't you can't you can't develop new habits without sacrificing old habits. And the habits that you have in your life is going to dictate where you go in your life. So it's like if you want to if you want to you know. You know, a lot of a lot of times there are there are a lot of people who look at things like you know, oh, you know, you've hit, oh, this person's changed. This person, oh, you know, he's totally different. He doesn't hang out with this, these people anymore. This person, you know, he cut off a lot of his friends. All this, all this, you know, it's like if you want to get somewhere in your life, you're gonna have to make sacrifices, and you can't keep pleasing the people who aren't there to help you. There, people, people at the end of the day are very, very selfish and they really only want to look after themselves. If you make somebody unhappy, if you make somebody unhappy because of your decision to become a better person and to be happier in your own life, is that like, is that worth it to you? Like me personally, I believe that, I believe that, you know, when you look at, when you look at making a decision, you have to do what's, what creates the greatest number of good for the most number of people. And maybe you're going to upset some people along the way, but in upsetting some people, you're going to develop and you're going to gain new people that are at your, at your, at your wavelength, right? Some people just aren't at your wavelength. And sometimes you elevate your wavelength and you elevate your frequency that other people can't match. But it doesn't mean that like you can't do a disservice to yourself to keep other people happy. You can't. You have to sacrifice things in order to gain things. You know, a cup is only 100% full. Like you can't you can't try to add things without taking things out. So sometimes you have to take out the bad. You got to take out the bad so that you can add the good and replace it with the good. So stop smoking weed. Stop drinking because you see it as you need to become a better version of yourself. And mm -hmm. that's holding you back. Right. And mm -hmm. in, in your in your journey of self-improvement, right? You're just making changes, right? Making changes a better you, right? Mm -hmm. Gotta ask you, man, what, what's next? What's next? Um, well, you know, in terms of, you know, well, back back to, you know, what you're saying, you know, like you, you, you make these sacrifices, you know, I don't really like to look at it as a sacrifice. I like to look at it as, you know, you're investing into your future self. Um, sacrifice has kind of like a negative connotation from it. Like you're losing something, but you're really not losing something. You're just, you're gaining, you're gaining an ability so you can become a better person. What's next for me? Um, continue to build this company, continue to build something that is sustainable, something that is long-term, something that, uh, can be a platform for many people to come in that they know that if they can, you know, we're very selective about who we bring in. We have a very strict hiring process. We don't, we don't just bring in any random person and just, and feed them through the system. You know, we want to, we want to vet them out and find out that they're, that they are a good fit for the culture. You know, we have, we have a players on our team. Every person on our team is an A player. And if you bring in a C player into an A player organization, you're going to make all the A players B players. So, so what we want to do is we want to find A players and B players because the B players want to become A players and the A players are going to be able to pull the B players up. So continue to bring in good, strong people into our organization, continue to build this thing out. Um, right now we, we are in, uh, we're full time in two different States. Uh, we have, uh, we are part time in about six different States right now. Um, so continue to expand, continue to develop and build offices into different areas. Um, continue to bring on leaders so that, uh, really we can build a platform where anywhere in the United States, you can work with us, um, for somebody to come into this organization and know that they can be, that they can be taken care of that they can become a better version of themselves 
if at the end of the day, somebody comes into our organization, my goal is, is that they become a better person, that they become a better version of themselves in all areas of their life. And that's, like I said earlier, personally, professionally, financially, spiritually, whatever it is, I want somebody when they leave the organization, if they leave the organization, that they leave better off than that than when they came in. And that's, you know, I take that as a personal responsibility. It's, a, it's an ethical and a personal responsibility for that when somebody comes into my organization that I do the best I can to make sure that they become successful. And if they don't become successful, that's my responsibility. If somebody quits, if somebody fails, if somebody doesn't do things properly and they end up leaving, it's not them, it's, it's me. It's my personal responsibility that I wasn't able to do enough for them. There we go. Guys, um... And I can attest to this. Um, I've been taking a peek into Mo's organization here, this company here for the last couple of days. Guys, there is some cool, dope shit that they're doing. Like, it is seriously super dope. Um, I I can't go into it, but just trust, guys. It is, it's it's freaking dope. Um, and with that, going back into raising the bar for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. You're just bringing everybody to a higher frequency, right? Mm-hmm. You're just bringing people to a high frequency of success. Mm-hmm. Success breeds success. Mm-hmm. You want everybody to be better. And that just opens up opportunities, which they're, they're guys, the opportunities that these guys got is insane. Mm-hmm. It is super dope. So. so so in regards to kind of like what you're saying, like, you know, success breeds success. There is nothing that my team members do that I haven't done myself. I personally believe that as a leader, you can't ask somebody to do something that you aren't doing yourself. So although like I'm running a big team, we have a lot of operations on the back end, we're building relationships, we have strategic partnerships, we're doing a lot of different things to, to expand our business. On top of all of this, I'm cold calling, I'm knocking on doors, I'm taking people out, I'm training people and consistently I'm bringing in revenue for the organization through my own personal efforts. And, and I truly believe that as a leader, you have to lead from the front. I, I, I don't sit on the back burners and tell people what to do. I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the room with them. I'm, I'm teaching them. I'm listening to phone calls. I'm, I'm, I'm following them, shadowing them to the doors. I'm doing everything that I can so that I can really show somebody how to do it because, you know, I also need to continue to sharpen up my skills. If, you know, and if somebody's going to be looking up to you, they want to be able to see that this guy's not just a talker. This guy's a doer. And in my own personal efforts, I always look at leadership like this, you know, if somebody's going to look up to you and you for one single day in your work life, if somebody who works with you or for you, they see you working at 90%, even just one day, then they will never push themselves past 90%. You as a leader need to consistently be operating at a 100% level so that everybody else around you is going to see that. And they're going to continue to work at a nine, at a hundred percent level. They're not going to, you know, nobody's, nobody's ever going to push themselves past what you as a leader push yourself. So um, I'm, con- I, I'm consistently working, you know, if, if I finish up with meetings early on in the day, I get out to turf, I work, I knock on doors, I bring in revenue for the organization. I show my team that I'm out here on the front lines with them, that I'm at the battlegrounds with them and I'm helping them. I'm helping lead everybody in the team. So um and in terms of that, right, like success breeds success, it's because I'm successful in what I do. I can go out there and I can produce. And so people are going to come to the organization, they're going to see that, and they're going to be able to mimic that. In order to actually scale a business or scale an organization, you have to be able to develop the way that to, you have to be able to perfect the system and how to do it 
teach somebody else how to build that system, how to replicate your own efforts and replicate it perfectly and precisely. And then you get other people to be doing it systematically. But if you yourself haven't done it, how you can't teach anybody else. You can't teach somebody else how to do something if you haven't done it yourself. And it's, it's, it's the number one thing when it comes to leadership is you really, you can't teach anybody something. You can't teach people things that you haven't yourself done. It's hypocritical. I pers- I, mm. I think it's hypocritical. If you're telling somebody to do something and you've never once done it, why would they do it? Exactly. They, they, they shouldn't. They won't mm-hmm. respect you. They won't believe you. They won't trust you. They'll end up resenting you. They'll end up criticizing you because they don't see you doing it as a leader. Exactly. Ooh, man. I, I, I felt that sting a little bit. I felt that sting <laughs> a little bit because I've, I've, I mean, everybody can probably say this, that they've been in that situation. Mm. And it's, it's, it's a shitty situation, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt like my heart sank to my stomach because I relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just so leadership, man, you're just leading these guys. And he is. Like, I'm, I'm seeing it. Um, just being being around for the last couple of days, it's, it's, it's crazy. So Mo is a stand-up dude, leads from the front. Um, success breeds success. The higher frequency you are, you start meeting people at, at that same frequency. It may not be in solar. It may not mm-hmm. be in your industry, but this is how opportunities arise mm-hmm. by being able to be on the same frequency. Call, I mean, to, to put it in layman's terms, like we all know somebody we meet on, you know, you, you meet somebody, you're like, dude, there, there's something different about them. Mm-hmm. They're vibing. You're, you're, you're vibing with their vibe. That's the frequency the vibe that, that they put off is the same vibe that you're giving off and they have some opportunity, right? That could benefit you mm-hmm. and you have something that could benefit them. Ultimately, everything has to be a win-win-win. Mm-hmm. But, if, but if you're not at that same frequency or you're not giving off that vibe that they have to reciprocate, mm-hmm. you will never progress, mm-hmm. which is super dope. Um, this is awesome, man. I freaking love this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, leadership guys, his guys are super dope. They're all they're all firing like at all cylinders, right? Mm-hmm. They're just going 100%. Um dude, so in this time in, in in the industry, coming from Miami, now to California, I imagine you've had some pretty like weird situations on the doors. Mm-hmm. What what stands out as like one of the funnier moments? Like out while knocking doors, like in a deal, what what stands out as like a super funny moment for you? Uh, all right, that's that's a that's a I, I kind of stumbled a little bit trying to think of one, but um, you know how sometimes when you do like DocuSign, mm-hmm. uh, they they ask you a bunch of security questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had this one homeowner we were qualifying, um, and they were asking about like certain relationships that yeah. So I was with like husband and wife, Ooh. and yeah, and they were asking some security questions about some previous ex wives that the wife didn't know about. Uh, so yeah, yeah. The security questions went, went back. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, we ended up pushing everything through, but you could tell the wife was not happy at all, uh, with that. Cause you know, they're, they, they were married for a while and, and he had some ex-wives that he didn't know about, that she didn't know about. Um, that's definitely like something that stood out. She, she just wasn't happy. She, she said, all right, we have to talk about this when you leave. And, um, yeah, I mean, in an actual deal, I think that, that, that was definitely surprising. Um, gosh, that's so see. awkward, dude. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. cringing just listening to this story. Yeah, and I just, you know, standing there, just like, you know, moving everything along, just smiling and, mm-hmm. you know, try, trying to be calm and cool about it. Um, what else? Uh, what else really stands out? Where something? 
I don't know. You know, my, my experience has been pretty, pretty straightforward. I'm not, you know, the type of salesperson that I am, um, I'm very direct. I don't, I don't like to swing them around about some pitch and like try to hook them with something or whatever it is. Like my main thing is like, you know, when I hit the doors, I, I break the preoccupation, um, you know, any means possible. I let them know what I'm here for. I let them know my offer. You know, I don't, I don't try and drag it along and, you know, a minute and 45 seconds into the, into my pitch at the door. That's when I finally bring up solar because, you know, I'm, I'm, that's a minute, 45 seconds. I could have went to, I could have went to six or seven different doors by then. And, and it's, it's a volume play for me. So like in my first like 10 seconds, I'm talking to the homeowner in California too. It's hard to mention solar right away. Mm-hmm. You keep, it's like, it's a trigger word for people. So mm-hmm. um, I, I let them know like right away that this is in regards to solar, but this is totally different than anything you've seen before. I tell them, you know, I know you've already looked at it. I know that you're not interested. This is why you should do this. And I, I totally like bring a, I ate my own myself. Basically mm-hmm. um, I bring out all of their, objections right away and I try and handle the concerns as quick as possible and if I can't do it I move to the next one so um, I'm not really like going into like anything crazy when I'm at the doors um, I'm, I'm super super direct of a person and I'm just trying to get to as many people as I can and the more people I can talk to the more deals that I'm gonna get it's it's, it's really it's really numbers at the end of the mm-hmm. day and you have to just take your emotions out of it mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people they want to they feel they feel good if they spend five minutes at a door mm-hmm. it makes them feel good it makes them feel like they're successful because they spent that much time at the door talking to somebody but it but it's not transpiring into a deal or an appointment or anything like that what's the true value in it the true value is when you actually end up securing that appointment or securing that deal or getting the glass on the roof and five minutes talking to somebody if it makes you feel good that's not a true success metric a true success metric is getting the appointment getting getting something getting the glass on the roof mm-hmm. so so i'd rather do what's uncomfortable but actually brings true valuable results then do what makes me feel really really comfortable and my results and my stats aren't high mm-hmm. there you go guys and I, I think it's super dope when you talk about it like the, the success metrics like as mm-hmm. direct he's just direct guys like mm-hmm. and I, that's that's just his style mm-hmm. and that's and that's the beauty of this industry is mm-hmm. your your personality is very direct mm-hmm. you don't like to beat around the bush mm-hmm. right this is what this is what you need to do this is what i would do this is what i do and this is what works for you mm-hmm. right the beauty of, of all this is, is it works mm-hmm. right so if you feel like you're you're being caught up in your pitch just try the approach of being direct what's what's the worst thing that can happen they say no well they they were already planning on saying no to your elaborate the pitch so what's the difference Mm-hmm. what you learn is what works best for you. Mm-hmm. Right? I think, I think the big difference is, you know, what took somebody five minutes to get a no took me 25 seconds to get that. No. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And re- that's, re- realistically, that's the big difference. Realistically, this, this is something that that's not a um, popular like topic to talk about in this mm-hmm. industry, but there is some luck to this industry mm-hmm. and that luck comes in the form of timing. Mm-hmm. How many times have you guys or have you knocked a door, right? And they're like, oh, nobody's ever pitched me on this. Like no mm-hmm. one's ever brought this up. Why? Because no one ever finds them home. Mm-hmm. Whether you're knocking in the morning or you're knocking super late, there are people out there, believe it or not, who have never been pitched on solar, mm-hmm. who have never been pitched on alarm, have never been pitched on pest, roofing, satellite, t- cell phones, whatever it may be. Part of, part of I mean, 
part of the luck is getting through the nose quicker mm -hmm. so you can hit the next door. Mm -hmm. So going back to what you're saying earlier, what somebody takes five minutes to get a no, it takes you 25 seconds. Mm -hmm. And that's over four and a half minutes, right? And in those four and a half minutes, you could have knocked two other doors, mm -hmm. right? In that time that you're waiting the five minutes, that that sale could have been leaving the house, mm -hmm. going to work. Mm -hmm. That person that nobody catches, mm -hmm. but you were able to blow through that no real quick, get to that house, and you make that sale, mm -hmm. which means I guess you were lucky, right? Mm -hmm. But all luck is is preparation meeting opportunity. Mm -hmm. So what what I think is like you know when it comes when it comes to luck, it all comes in how much work that you put out. That's it, right? Like you, you, you know, you knock on, you knock on ten thousand, you knock on ten thousand doors, and you know, you go your, you go your first day out on, you know, let's say to, let's say to Tuesday, you go out, you're at the doors at ten o'clock in the morning, you knock on that first door, and it happens to be somebody who's never been pitched solar before. They love it, they buy from you, they're a lay down, easy deal. The reason why you got that wasn't because you were lucky. The reason why you got that is because the last few months, last few years, you're out there every single day and you're putting in the time and you're putting in the work. It's just, it's the law of averages. It's the law of numbers. The more you put out, the more it's going to come into you. That that's, it's really as simple as that. And you know, it's, it's, it's a simple concept. And I truly think that becoming successful is, is super, super, super simple, but it's hard. It's hard in the fact that it takes work, but the, the true, Thing that is going to make you successful is just showing up on time not even just showing up on time but just showing up showing up and putting in the work and once and if you do that and you do that over and over again and consistently what's going to happen is that your efforts are going to compound and your skills are going to compound and you know somebody from day one to day 10 let's say somebody's brand new to an industry from day one to day 10 they're going to see a very very small amount of of change in their skill set but days 90 through days 100, same 10 days that you have in there, the amount of, of skill that you develop from days 90 to 100 is significantly greater than 1 to 10 because they were consistent about the work that they were doing that it starts to compound and their, their skill just keeps getting better and better and better. And the hardest thing, and, and the hardest thing that you, when it comes to finding good people, it's finding people who are consistent, who can go out a whole entire day and not get anything or go, you know, a few weeks or, you know, a week or whatever it may be and not get anything, but consistently put in the work and consistently do the actions that, you know, it comes to mastering boring behavior. Mm -hmm. If you can master boring behavior and you can understand that it's just part of the process and you have to get through it then you're going you're gonna to be successful. So it's a matter of showing up, being consistent in what you're doing and understanding that this is not the most exciting job in the world, but understanding that this is what it requires to become successful. Every single billionaire out there in the world has gone door to door, whether it's over the phone, whether it's in person, whether it's, you know, through meeting a connection somewhere, it's all, it's all the same thing. It's, it's a, it's an unsolicited it's an unsolicited experience, yeah, right? Like exactly. It's an unsolicited, it's, you know, it's, it, nobody was asking for it, but you have to just go through it. And that's, and that's it, you know, it's, it's a no soliciting experience. It's an unsolicited experience. That's what it takes for you, for you to become successful. It's just to push through it. There you go, guys. In every aspect. I mean, look at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, even door to door, like take, take a corporate job. Like mm -hmm. what makes door to door from any corporate job any different? Mm -hmm. 
it's the same monotonous shit every day. You punch in at nine o'clock, you get off at five, you take a one hour lunch break. Yeah, door to door sucks ass because you got to be out there at 10 a.m. and you're getting, you're getting your shit kicked in every day, right? People are saying no, slamming the door in your face. But it's, you get but you get paid for the nose. Exactly. You, you get paid. You get yeah. paid. You you don't. You know, if somebody. Yeah, I I I got this from from Mike O'Donnell, who's mm-hmm. who's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, exactly. This this is exactly where I was going. And could go. Could yeah, go, it, go. It, it's Mike O'Donnell. He's absolutely brilliant, and and he and he relays it to you know you don't get paid for the people that tell you yes. You somebody saying yes to purchasing the product is the trigger point that allows you to get paid, but. It's because you went to 10 doors and 10 people said no to you. And on the 11th door, somebody said yes. And that's why you get paid the amount of money. And I, I do think that you get paid too much in solar. I think that solar is an industry that pays too much money. Um, you, you, it's the 11th door, the person that says yes. The reason why you get paid, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, ten thousand $10,000 on a deal is because the 10 people before you said no. Mm-hmm. Yes is the trigger word that makes you get paid. But the reason why the pay is so high is because all of those, let's say it's a $5,000 commission, all of those 10 no's that you got, each one was worth 500 bucks. And it's, it's a mini habit. Once, once you start to do the math and you start to do the calculations, so I, I like metrics. I like knowing what the data is. So if you know what your numbers are and you know that you, if, you know, every, every 20 doors or every 20 no's that you get, you get a sale, triggers a $6,000 commission. You know that it takes 20 no's. Eric, you, t- you, know, you know that it takes 20 no's to get $6,000. Each no is worth 300 bucks. How excited are you to go and hit that door? Way more excited. And I think that the hardest thing about door-to-door sales, the, uh, truly, I think the hardest thing about door-to-door sales is getting to the first door. That's the, har- that's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. It's you are so calm. Nobody wants to get up and get out of what they're doing. Everybody wants to just stay where they are. I personally and truly believe the hardest part of, of getting to of door-to-door sales is getting to the first door. If you can get to the first door, then, then you're good. But it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get to the first mm-hmm. door, especially when you have you know, a shitty week. It's mm-hmm. hard to get out there again. But you, you just have to understand like, hey, you know, I, I got to go out. I, gotta, I just have to do it. It's like, you know, what are, what are your options, right? Like I said earlier, mm-hmm. is this going to better me or is this going to worsen me? Mm-hmm. Is me going out there and putting in the work? Is that going to – and me, you know, not being comfortable – but pushing myself, is that going to help me get there to where I want to be? Or is it not going to help me get there? And I always just, I just choose the better of the two. That's it, right? Like every, every, you always have two choices in life. It's either something that's going to do good for you or something that's not. And you just always have to focus on what's going to do good for you. How bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. Like, are you just a talker or are you a doer? Are you intentional about the things that you're doing? Or are you just doing it so you can go through the motions and say you did it? Or, or is every decision that you make driven by intentionality so that you can hit the things that you want to hit so you can become the person that you want to become so you can take care of your family like I don't have I don't have kids or anything but I want to be able to create a life that my kids live you know a fantastic fantastic life Mm -hmm. like I don't have it yet but I'm preparing myself for my future and I'm sacrificing now from from or I'm investing in my future now from you know age 20 to 30 years old so that and you know, thirty to forty years old. Because when I'm when I'm fifty and sixty years old, I can't be doing the same things that I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. So so I have to work now so I can prepare myself for a successful financial future. There you go, guys. These are huge nuggets. Super huge. Gosh, man. It's it's almost. It's dude, awesome. this is awesome. Yeah, this dude, is exciting. Dude, I love dude, it. This, yeah. dude, this is super dope, yeah. man. Because realistically, again, this this is the beauty of door to door. Everybody comes from different backgrounds. Everybody has a different style right? There is no one recipe like mm-hmm. say this, say that. 
and you'll you'll make a crap ton of money. One of the things that, that I talked with Josh Zuniga about is mm-hmm. everybody just basically says the, the same shit. Mm-hmm. They all say the same thing. Mm-hmm. But what makes the difference is the mindset that goes into it, the preparation that goes into it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that's that that that's the beauty of this. This is this is why I, I love doing these podcasts is because I get to understand what makes you tick, mm-hmm. right? There could be a listener that says, "I needed to hear that," mm-hmm. right? and this, the, guys, this is what it's all about, right? Taking nuggets from everything that you learned and applying it, right? Because you can take a little bit out of what they do, right? Like one of the things that I learned, who I learned the most from, was Danny Pessy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a naturally introverted dude. Like I stutter like no one other. Right. If I get nervous, I stutter. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I learned from Pessy was just be your damn self. Mm-hmm. And I've taken that and now it's paid dividends. Right. Mm-hmm. I take a little bit from Sam. I've taken a little bit from you. I take a little bit from everybody. And that just makes me me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Find what makes you you and do it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? And, and, you know, if somebody's going to like I have. I don't know why I've recently started to develop a stutter. I've never had a stutter in my life. And uh, <laughs> so, some of my partners, they. Uh, uh, they always, you know, they, they, they harass me about it. They're like, when did you develop a stutter? Like you, you never used to have that. I don't, I don't know where it comes from. Um, but you know, if somebody, if, if somebody's not going to do business with you, like you also have to choose the people that you do business with. It's not a matter of them choosing you. You have to choose them too. So if somebody's not going to like you because of your personality or because of who you are as a person, like if you're just honest and ethical and true to yourself and, and respectful and you do the right thing day in and day out, people are going to naturally resonate with you and going to want to work with you. And if somebody doesn't want to work with you because you have a stutter, then, you know, F them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you don't want their business anyway. They don't deserve to have your product. Yeah. It's like they, they need your product. They need you more than you need them. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to take it because of something about your, something that, you know, they find negative about you or they don't like about you, then it's their loss. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here to serve value. The reason mm-hmm. why people buy from us is because we have something of value to them. Yeah. Make sense? Like, yeah. Like it's so, so if somebody's not going to want to do it. Like you don't even want that person. Exactly. You don't want, like they don't deserve to be helped by you. Exactly. Guys, this is super huge. Sometimes it takes a level of maturity to leave money on the table. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned this when I was selling out in Long Island, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember this dude like like laying into me like just a straight up asshole, right? Mm-hmm. I end up servicing a few of his neighbors, and he calls me later. It's just the same, same. He was condescending and everything, and I'm like, dude, you are not the type of person that I would want as a client. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just not worth the headache. Mm-hmm. And this is super huge, guys. Like sometimes the money isn't worth the emotional tax, mm-hmm. right? understand that that you don't have to sell everybody you have to know what your ideal customer is and once you find that ideal customer we're going back to the same frequency they're on your frequency Mm -hmm. they're the customers that are going to refer you to their friends right Mm -hmm. and continuous continuous growth versus the guy who harassed you who brought you who brought your prices down Mm -hmm. right he's he's a price shopper it's not like like what is he going to do He's going to refer you to his friends and he's going to tell his friends like, hey, I got this deal. If you haggle Rick or Mo down, he'll bring you down mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. How much money are you, are you losing ultimately? Mm-hmm. Guys, I mean, this, this this is something that, I mean, I haven't talked about, mm-hmm. but now we're talking about it. Like, this is something that is also super important for your success, for your mental well-being and for your emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. Because 
this shit is taxing. Yeah, and it, it actually it, it reminds me of this situation. Um, I was taking one of my you know one of my sales reps. He was uh he was struggling a little bit. He 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 went a few weeks. He wasn't getting any deals. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, we're we're gonna meet at this. We're gonna meet this neighborhood. We're gonna meet at two o'clock, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go out and we're gonna go hit doors. Um, first door that we knock on, set an appointment for the very next day. We we show up. We show up to the appointment. Um everything's good. And we start, you know, we start getting to negotiations of the actual price and like the payments and all this. And, and the homeowner asked, he's like, he's like, all right, he's like, if you can do this number, then, we'll, then we have a deal. And I told the homeowner directly, I said, said to him, I can do this number and our company will still be profitable, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down to that number. And he's like, why, he's like, why not? I was like, I was like, I'm not trying to teach the behavior to my sales rep that this is acceptable. Mm-hmm. You have my sales rep has a value for his time and he needs to get paid in direct proportion of his value. And I'm not trying to instill the behavior and the idea in his head that his that his value can be negotiated with. I literally I you know, I should have told him that and a homeowner says, "Okay, fine. Let's do the deal." Like it's 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 behavior. If you continue to let people you know, abuse your price and abuse how much you pay and continue to bring you down, bring you down, bring you down, bring you down. You're going to start believing that that's the only way that you can get a deal because it's behavior. It's natural. It's continuing to happen. It's like, it's like, you know, why are you going to allow that behavior to, to instill in your own mind? You can't, you have to sometimes put a stop to it. And once you start understanding that you're going to start to create and build more value and you're naturally throughout your sales presentation, if you know that your value is worth $10,000 in a deal rather than being worth $2,000 in a deal and you consistently train yourself on that, you're going to be able to sell to the extent and provide enough value to make you deserve to have that $10,000 commission rather than that $2,000 commission. But you have to train yourself properly to not devalue yourself. Whoa, shit. (laughs) Holy crap. Um, how do I follow that up, dude? It's just, it's, it's deservability. It goes, it all goes back to like, how bad do you deserve it? Yeah. It's like, are you, you know, I look at everybody, I tell my team this all the time. Like you are, you are your business. Like you're a 1099 contractor. You are your own business. I, I myself, I am my own business aside, aside from simple solar being the business. I, I pay myself, I pay myself the same, the same, you know, red line that I have as, as my sales reps. So I don't pay myself any more. Than, than you know what my sales reps are at. I give myself the same the same red line as them. I pay myself the same exact way. And I look at myself as like I am my own business. And then I look at myself, what do I do outside of work? Am I, you know, let's say, let's say I'm like, let's say I'm a storefront, right? Like let's say I'm a storefront. Do I want to put shitty product into into my company? Like me being myself and I think of that as like, do I want to put shitty food in my com- in my company? Do I want to put shitty food in myself? Do I wanna do I wanna watch you know, information that's not going to serve me. Do I want to, do I want to put in my mind, you know, and surround myself by people that aren't going to be good. You have to deserve the results that you get in your life. And when you're a business, think about to somebody, like if you pull yourself back outside of your own body and you're looking at yourself from an outside perspective, ask yourself, are you the type of person that you would want to do business with? And if the answer is no, then change the behavior that you have in your own life so that you can become somebody that you deserve to have business with, that you deserve to do business with. It's like, it's like, how bad do you deserve it? Are you reading? Are you preparing? Are you studying? Are you role-playing? Are you training? Are you working out? Are you exercising? Are you eating healthy? Are you, are you surrounding yourself with the right people? And if you're not doing that and people aren't doing business with you, it's not because of them. It's because of you. Like you have to understand that you have to deserve earning it. 
You have to deserve to be a million dollar. If you want, you know, you can't you can't have a million dollar mindset if you're if you're acting like if you're acting like middle class or lower lower middle class. Like if the two don't relate, they're two different wavelengths. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't be like, all right, I'm I'm going to become a million dollar producer this year, mm -hmm. and you're doing the same things that you used to do four or five years ago. That you know you're acting the same way that the rest of the middle class is. You can't be scared of debt. You can't be scared of risk. You can't be you can't. You can't, you can't be scared of debt. You can't be scared of risk. You can't be scared of rejection. You yeah. can't like mm -hmm. you, you have to, you have to deserve the goals that you want to achieve mm -hmm. by instilling positive and good behavior in your own personal life. There you go. <laughs> it hit, guys. All right. So, all right, Mo, real quick. To kind of wrap it up, we've talked about a lot. There's a lot of value that we're that we've touched on. A lot of stuff that nobody would tell you, and a lot of stuff that's just straight up real shit. Um, what I like to do is for this last little segment here, I want to leave, leave this open to you. Mm -hmm. Whatever you feel like the people uh, need to know, need to hear, mm -hmm. right? It's all yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know, we're we are in a time right now where everything is changing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's what they, it's April 22nd, um, absolute like middle of COVID, you know, we're, we're, we're in a time that's totally unprecedented. And, you know, I, I was, I was on, I was on Instagram the other day. Um, and, and, and I saw this, I saw this quote and it said, you know, the hard truth is that COVID-19 will not ruin you. It will reveal you. If you were resilient before this, it's just another challenge to overcome. If you made excuses before this, then odds are you're making plenty right now. The, the reality is, is that if you, if you are not where you want to be in your life, it's, it's, it's because you're not accepting enough personal responsibility on the actions that you do every day. You know, this is hard. It, the work that we do is hard. You know, you, you, people will talk down on you. Your family will talk down on you. Your friends will talk down on you. People will say that, you know, that, you know, they're not, they're too good to knock on doors. They're too good to be doing that. And, and these are just people who, who are just going to live basic average everyday lives. And even though understanding, you know, that this is hard, just don't make excuses in your life. Don't make excuses to your boss. Don't make excuses to your peers. Don't make excuses to the people that you work with. Don't make excuses to yourself. Just get out there, be consistent every single day understand that there's light at the end of the tunnel as long as you continue to put in the work that you will be successful set high goals for yourself and be intentional about the work that you do when you go out to work don't go out and say oh, i'm going to knock 100 doors today be intentional about what you do i'm going out there to produce a certain result and be and have very very high intention in doing so and really really believe in it and the bigger your belief, the bigger your belief in yourself, the bigger your belief in your product, the bigger your belief in how well you can serve other people, the easier it is for you to be able to increase your certainty and increase the certainty in the other people that you that you work with. So really believe in your company, really believe in your product, really believe in yourself, and really believe that what you have to offer is going to better the other person's situation and really hone that in, hone that in in yourself, hone that in your own mind. And, and really understand that, you know, as long as you keep going and as long as you don't stop and as long as you do not quit, that you will be successful. The only people who fail in this world are the people who quit. 
So as long as you understand that if you keep going and that if you don't stop and you are intentionally good in what you do, then you will achieve really anything that you want in your life. Dope. My guys, man. Thank you so much. Dude, this is awesome. Dude, this, guys, yeah. this, this is amazing. I loved it. It was, it was, it was super good, man. Thanks for thank, having me. Thank Appreciate you, it. So real quick, Mo, where, where can people find you on, on social media? Yeah, so uh, on, on Instagram. So my last name is Fala, F-A-L-A-H. And so it's Fala the Leader. Uh, so you can follow me at Follow the Leader. Dope. Uh, and uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Mo Fala, um, founder, CEO of uh, Simple Solar. Uh, Rick, thanks so much, man. I'm super, super glad to be on the show with you. Uh, excited to see what else we do uh, in these next few months. Go sweet. Thank you, Mo, for being on, guys. Yeah. Go back, thanks listen for, to this. Thanks for watching, guys. Take notes. This, like this, this is fantastic. Yeah, all right, guys. We'll, all right, we'll, we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Take it easy. Go win.